Thanks for joining us. This is Beyond the Illusion. In this episode, Tiana and I discuss the topic of the shadow. I'm not going to give you a definition of the shadow right now because it's fully covered in the conversation. Instead, I want to give you a little background information about what happened during the recording of this episode because it was a strange experience. First of all, it seemed like Tiana and I just weren't on the same page at all that day. But after reflecting on it for a while, I knew it really wasn't that. But it was, in fact, the shadow. My shadow, to be specific. During the days leading up to this recording, I was feeling really weird. The self-talk that was going on in my mind was very negative and even depressing. I kept telling myself things like, I'm not good at anything. I don't deserve anything. I haven't done anything with my life. And although I'm sure everyone goes through periods of time where they can be hard on themselves like that, this time for me just seemed to go on for a lot longer and more intensely than I had experienced in a while. And perhaps I just let it go unchecked for too long. But it was starting to take its toll on me and I needed to figure out what was behind it. That should give you a little window into the state of my mind during the time when we made this recording. Here's what happened. In the beginning of the conversation, Tiana began to explain the shadow, and when it was my turn to talk, I started going in a direction that she had already tried to avoid earlier because she felt it was confusing. And since I had been beating myself up for the days leading up to this conversation, I didn't have much confidence, so as a result, I felt like I couldn't make my points clearly at all. So we decided, let's just start over. And on take two, when it was my turn to talk again, I thought I was doing good, but Tiana thought something I said could be taken the wrong way by some people, and when she explained her point of view to me, I agreed with her. But that was it for me. It was pretty much the knockout punch to my already shaken confidence. So once that happened, I was pretty much done. It was weird because I don't really do this, but I kind of shut down for the rest of the conversation. So if I seem a little off in this episode, or more off than usual, then you'll know why. It didn't take me long after the conversation to realize that it was my shadow that had caused all of this to happen. And during the editing of this episode, I realized that among many things, I need to be a better listener because if I had been listening more carefully to what Tiana was saying, I could have just been on the same page as her. And as my wife has so kindly pointed out to me on many occasions, I tend to interrupt her and not listen carefully when I should. I also learned that I need to be kind and have compassion for myself. These are things that can be difficult or even embarrassing to go through, but I'm still grateful for them because these are aspects of my shadow that I need to face. Now, let's go to the conversation. What is the shadow? Can you just explain what you mean by this concept? Yeah, I think it's important to start off defining it because when people hear the shadow you kind of think of the boogeyman (laughs) so people tend to think okay so the shadow is going to be this evil dark aspect of yourself Um, and and that could be part of your shadow um, but the way that we're referring to it it's um, the shadow has really been mostly popularized um, through Carl Jung so in a psychological um, perspective, the shadow is any part of us that is disowned. So inner qualities within us that we don't think we possess. Because if you think of us, we're each divine beings, we're each, each pieces of the divine. And so that means that 
every single quality that exists is within our potentiality to be. So of course, there's certain ones that we have developed in this lifetime. And there's certain ones that our society, our family, our culture value. And so we're raised to kind of think like, oh, these, these are the good qualities. And, and then the opposite of that, those are the bad qualities. And so if we feel that we have some of you know those qualities that aren't valued or accepted, we might really push them down because they're not deemed as valuable. And so they kind of get pushed down into the closet. They're, they become our hidden shadow aspects. Um, but the reality is that almost every quality, one, almost every quality is... Uh, not really good or bad. It's just depends on where and how you apply it. And um, two, also everything is just a spectrum of, so maybe on one end of the spectrum, you've really expressed and developed it. And but what you think is the opposite of it, it's still on that same spectrum. And so it's still within your potentiality to express. So for instance, um, my family, um, so my mom's Japanese, born in Hawaii, and so, and Hawaii has a lot of um, this, you know, the Asian influence tends to be about harmony with the group. And there's even some kind of expression about, you know, the nail that sticks up gets hammered down. <laughs> so it's, it's really about, uh, that's valued, is to blend with the group and do what's good for the group. If you look at just kind of the American culture, it's about the individual. And that's really valued, is that your individuality, your freedom, your unique expression. Neither one of those is really like good and right and the other one is wrong. It's it's in a, the moment by moment situation. But, um, you know, if you're raised to believe that the harmony of the group should be the most important thing, then maybe you don't go out of your way um, to, to express something that's opposite of what most people are agreeing on. Or if you were raised to believe that you should be unique and express yourself, maybe when you want to kind of just blend in with the others, like that doesn't feel okay. So it's it the shadow is opposite in you know those two situations, um, but it's not that there's really like one thing is a good thing or one thing is a bad thing. Yeah, I like that. So okay. I think in in the spiritual community, a lot of times people are. I mean, I was this way when I first started on my spiritual journey. You just think of um, love and light and you know, rainbows and unicorns, <laughs> and you just want to reach this higher and higher frequencies of higher consciousness, um, which is great, but a really important piece of it is to um, do go into the depths, go into the, the deep unconscious stuff, um, because if we don't, then when we connect to all of this higher frequency energy we don't have the foundation you know it's like it's like a tree you have to have like the deep roots to keep growing the branches up 
And um, otherwise, if you grow the branches up and you don't have the deep roots, the tree topples over. And so I see that in, I mean, I went through that myself in the spiritual community where people are wanting to <laughs> keep reaching up <laughs> higher and, um, but get toppled over from their own shadow material, things that they do not see within themselves. And when we don't see it within ourselves, we tend to then project it onto others. And that's one of the big traps of, of not working on your shadow. So I wanted to just talk a little bit about what are some of the dangers of ignoring your shadow. So, so that's, that's a huge one, projection. And what happens is, so if you don't see it within yourself, and then you project it onto others, then you either have a victim mentality. Why is everyone, why is this always happening to me? Why is everyone always being this way to me and not recognizing, you know, your own role in that? Um, or you could also become an aggressor. These are both kind of fear-based tactics, right? So if you don't own it within yourself and you project it onto others, then you're either a victim or an aggressor. Then you're like, oh, well, you know, I'm justified in building a wall or, <laughs> um, or, or whatever, you know, keeping these people out or whatever this thing is because, um, because of, you know, your own fear, which is projected out into the others. Yeah. I, you know, it's true what you're saying about, you know, how we need to work on that part of ourselves. Cause like a tree it could topple us over. And when I first started, um, looking inward, and you know doing a lot of meditation and, and and just trying to understand different aspects of myself i did find that very interesting you know was this this darker aspect of myself that i wasn't acknowledging or aware of like you were saying and i do like that part of it i i enjoy um uncovering aspects of myself that i wasn't aware of or that i needed to become more aware of or the source of some of these things, you know, that's really to me where the work happens, you know, real growth. And, um, I do enjoy that part of it, but I could also see how that would be extremely difficult to do as well. And, and there probably are certain things about myself that I'm still not willing to look at. Yeah. It takes a lot. Um, it takes a strong self I don't know if self-esteem is the word I want to use. Um, you know, a term that's been popularized a lot now is um, self-compassion. I think we have to have a lot of self-compassion in order to um, face these aspects of ourself that aren't so beautiful and wonderful and acceptable. And so anyone whose self-image is... So, so many people have this you know, very ego, egoic self-image. We all have an ego and that's okay. But if you don't have any higher awareness of who you are and you think you're just this ego, which is this, you know, mask that you put on to be acceptable to society and to others and, and to feel like you're valued and it's coming from the outside, then this is going to be really hard for you, right? So you, you have to kind of know that you're something beyond just this physical body and this life. And, and when you have that, then you're able to, to look at 
these things and know like, oh, well, that doesn't mean that I'm a worthless being because your worth doesn't come from this image. And so that's very important. And that's why not everybody feels ready to do shadow work. We have to have that piece. We have to have this um, awareness of us being more than this. And then we also have to have a lot of self-love and self-compassion and um, I think a, a sense of humor is helpful along the way too to just be able to kind of laugh at yourself and just to know that so we're not you know I'm saying this all the time to my clients like I mean every single day we're not here to be perfect if you were born perfect and I mean, we are, it's, there's, there's the paradox is that we are perfect divine beings, but then we come into this human expression to, to learn and grow through embodying these qualities and, and experiencing them in the physical. Anyway, so in the, this physical expression, we're not perfect. And if we were perfect and we lived our whole life perfect, and then we died perfect, our life would just be like a flat line. What would be the point of that? We, are, we didn't grow at all. And, and then we would just be robots, basically. Why, what would be the point of that experience just to already be there and do everything the same way? There's no. So we come in to learn and grow through trial and error, through our experiences. So we have to ex- accept that we're going to make mistakes along the way, and that's part of the growth process. And then when we accept that, then we can, you know, not be so harsh on ourselves, not be so humiliated that we didn't do everything perfect and, and that we're still figuring it out and we can relax a little bit and just keep trying to do our best and learn as we go along. And and as we do that um, and we have that compassion for ourselves, then we have that compassion for others. Yeah, you're right. But you know what? It's extremely difficult and frustrating to not be perfect, you know, <laughs> to feel that way. And and I, I suffer from this a lot. You know, that's part of my shadow is that I am a perfectionist and I do get frustrated a lot in this life and just in general because I um, have high expectations and, and these lofty dreams and goals and, and you know, it's not always going to work out. And that's that's the way it's designed, like you said, you know, we, we came in here to, to face these challenges and to see what, what we would do in the face of these challenges. And I love that. Um, but you know, it is, you were talking about self-compassion and I think that's a key component. And also, you know, having this point of view that, Hey, there's way more to us than, than just what you see in the mirror and just what you experience in your mind. You know, the thoughts that we have don't really even make us fully completely what we are. You know, there's so much more to us that we, don't really understand and um, taking that point of view is, is really important because it does give you some room to say like it's okay to make mistakes it's okay to have these parts of yourself that you're not facing or having a hard time adjusting to and um, yeah and then the self-compassion I, I mean that could go a long way for a lot of people I think because I didn't ever think about the concept of having self-compassion. That was just never in my thought process ever. And so once I did like try to have that, because it's hard, you have to really try. 
And once I did try to have that point of view, like, hey, it's, you know, take it easy on yourself, you know, because you can get into these loops in your mind that are, that are negative, you know, that are, that are self-deprecating loops that say, you know, you're not good enough, you didn't do this right, you didn't do that right, you could have done this better or this, and they just go on and on, and, you know, if you can interrupt those once in a while and say, like, whoa, hey, <laughs> chill out, it's okay, um, it does help a lot, you know, it takes the edge off of things that might not be so comfortable, and, um, yeah, I just wanted to say that's a, that's, that is an important point, and I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, so that falls into, um, one of the like dangers of ignoring your shadow is that you can become a perfectionist, um, become very rigid, high strung. Um, also, you can become very unclear within yourself and have a hard time um, knowing who you are, what you want, because if you're hiding these aspects of yourself because you can't face them, then it muddies the inner waters. And so, you know, people that, um, only have have a strong attachment that I can only be this, you know, I'm a, I have to be a winner and, you know, I have to be perfect and I have to look good or, or whatnot. Then there's this whole part of themselves that they're not seeing. And there's always a gift in the shadow. It, it has ugly wrapping, <laughs> scary wrapping, but if you will go in and work with it, there's a gift underneath that. Um, but other dangers of ignoring the shadow um, would be also just to become very numb because you, you don't face your emotions. And so you become kind of flatline in your feeling and your expression. So you become very numb to life because you're not digging deep and seeing what's you know there. And, um, and you live a sort of a superficial life. You'll have kind of superficial friendship, superficial connection, because ah, you don't want them to see all that you really are there because it's not acceptable. And so you don't really want people to get too close because you're afraid that they're going to find out, you know, that you're a fraud because you're wearing this mask. And so um, it you, you don't have the deep intimacy. And all of us actually really crave that that intimacy. Um, but we're so afraid of it too. We're so afraid that if we allow someone to get really close, then, um, they're going to reject us because they're going to see all of these things that we deem un unworthy or, or disgusting or, or whatnot. That's true. It's easy to fall into that trap of, um, living a superficial life. You know, I think a lot of people do that. I'm certainly guilty of it for sure. Um, you know, just pretty much with everybody that I meet, you know, there's a face that you put on and it's not your, you know, it's not your real authentic self a lot of times, but every situation is different, I suppose. I mean, there are times where you, you can't really say what you want to say. Like it's maybe not appropriate, but I'm not talking about those times. I'm talking about like, you know, people who could potentially be your friends or are your friends and you're just not being open with them because you're afraid, like you said, you're afraid of what they might think. And a lot of times it's, un, you know, it's unjustified to think that way, I think. And it takes so much energy to carry this mask and to uphold it and to push down all these other things. It's really, really draining to do that. Yeah, it is draining. You know, it takes a lot of effort to put on a show 
and mm-hmm. keep that show going, mm-hmm. you know, because at some point the show ends and it falls apart because you can't keep it going forever, right? Like, you're not going to put on that show for your parents or something like that. You know, they know who you are and you're just not going to put that much effort into that. Or maybe you are, you know, maybe you want them to think you're this person that they expect you to be. And so, you know, I guess it could work that way too. Yeah. So another um, danger of ignoring the shadow um, is, you know, this, this, how we, how much we project it onto others. And so, you know, uh, Frederick Nietzsche famously said, beware that when fighting monsters, you yourself do not become a monster. And I see that a lot in our society right now. Our society is really polarized and, and it's us and them. It's never really us and them. You know, we're the, we're the good ones and they're the bad ones and so forth. But you can see this in so many different ways. Like you have, you know, the the pro-lifer extremist who goes and murders a doctor who performs abortion. Here they think they're protecting life, but they become a murderer. And so they become the thing that they think they're they're fighting against. Or you see that in anti-war protests that become violent <laughs> where the the you know they're supposed to be fighting for fighting for peace doesn't even <laughs> I was going to say that <laughs> fighting for peace doesn't even make sense right and so it's kind of like a pendulum if it goes really far in one direction then the force is going to bring it to the other other end of the spectrum and people don't see it that way but it's really all just a spectrum so there is a hermetic principle of polarity which explains that there are two poles in everything here in this world and that opposites are really only two extremes of the same thing and the difference only being in degrees so the easiest way to grasp this is to think of like temperature so you think like hot and cold are two different things, but it's really just one line. It's one spectrum of degrees. And cold could also just be called not as hot. It could all be a spectrum of hot, or you could call um, hot not as cold, really cold all the way down to not as cold. It's, It's just one thing. And so we think of like love and hate. Those are two different things. They're just one spectrum of a lot of love, Less love, no love, neg- negative <laughs> amount of love, and so I think that's if, if you can if you can grasp that, then you understand there's not really a clear point where one thing becomes the other thing, just a matter of degrees. For us in our society, it's I think not something obvious to people. I mean, but once you do think about it, like in those terms, it, it is obvious. It becomes very obvious, but we have this dualistic point of view that we take like everything has an opposite which yeah like you were saying is isn't really true it's just you know varying degrees of the same thing usually it's it's one of those paradoxes it's it's true and it's not true and it's important to grasp both um because when we can accept that um that it is one spectrum um then we can own that we have every quality we have each of those spectrums we have every quality and maybe we're expressing on one end but um we could easily move anywhere along that spectrum so to to 
just resist or reject or flat out deny, I'm not that. I could never be that. That creates a really big shadow. We, we have to under kind of see it from this perspective and see like, oh, it's just a degree. It's just a spectrum. And when we do that, it takes away the charge, the, the power. It actually has a power. If, if we are, you know, they say what you resist persists. If you can't own that, you could fall anywhere along that spectrum. You know, if you were in, if you were raised in a different situation, in a different life, that could have been you, you know, but because, oh, I had this upbringing, I had loving parents, I got a good education. And then I can, you know, look at someone who had a lot more difficult situation and be like, how can they be that way? Well, if I had those situation, you know, if I was raised that way, I could be that way too. If I, if I didn't have loving parents and I was raised in fear and I was abused and I never saw love. And so all I saw was, oh, I can either be the victim or I can have power by being the perpetrator. Then yeah, maybe I would become a perpetrator because that's one of the only two choices and I didn't want to be the victim anymore. You know, that's so far apart from how I was raised that um, it's easy to, you know, to look at it from the outside and say, oh, I'm not that. I can't be that. And that's how we create all of this judgment. And that's where that separation comes from. And that's where we're not owning it within ourselves. And so it, if it's uh, if we don't see it within ourselves, it operates underneath our awareness and it controls us in our life. Yeah. Whether you call it the subconscious or the unconscious. But doing shadow work has so many gifts to offer you. So it sounds like, oh, well, why do I want to <laughs> look at all the uh, ugly you know, unacceptable parts of myself that doesn't sound fun. What's the point in that when I could be, you know, meditating and talking to my angels <laughs> and feeling love and bliss. So um, understandably, a lot of people don't want to do this work. Um, but, you know, aside from the dangers that I mentioned about not doing the work, um, it's also helpful to know all of the wonderful gifts that come from working with your shadow, which is just even the freedom that you get from, you know, again, like if you're having to play this role and wear this mask and try to be what other people want you to be, that's really heavy. And when you stop doing that, and when you accept whatever is there, even if other people don't accept it, it's really freeing. You don't have to, you can just be your authentic self. You don't have to overthink everything every situation and that's really wonderful and also just to get all the energy back like i said all that energy that you've been using to hide to push things down um all of that energy comes back for your just beingness that vitality also um and then there's just uh fearlessness too um, you stop again if you stop worrying about what other people think because you um are willing to accept that you're everything good and bad, you're willing to accept all um, aspects of yourself, then um, you can really go out and, you know, not be afraid to try something and fail, (laughs) try something and not do it well. And so now the world is kind of your oyster in a way. And then just also the empowerment, the empowerment of having the strength and the courage to, to look at yourself and to take that power back. 
And then, of course, as we already mentioned, the the love and the compassion that develops through seeing like, oh, I am that, or I have that, or I could be that. I've gotten that from a lot of past life regressions too, you know, totally different from who I am in this life. But, oh, I've not always been, you know, a nice person or cared about other people the way that I do now. And that's really helpful. It's helpful to walk in someone else's shoes and then realize, oh, they're your own. And you realize like, oh, okay, I could, I could easily be anyone around me, anyone that I disagree with, anyone that I don't understand, anyone that I judge, whether or not I'm expressing it in this lifetime. Maybe I've expressed it in another lifetime, or I just have the potentiality uh, to be that. And it gives you um, that depth. I mean, I see this a lot in, I mean, I hate to say it, but I do. I see this a lot in spiritual groups or even amongst other spiritual practitioners, this phoniness. If you're, you're trying, you know, you know, all the concepts, you know, all the lingo and people that believe that you should kill the ego or uh, love and light only that kind of thing that tends to be somewhere where there's a big shadow because because uh, you can't kill the ego. You know, uh, the ego is what we use to function in a physical body in this life. We just don't want the, the ego to be running the show, but we have to accept that we have an ego. If we think that we've killed the ego, and I've seen this, and I've been there, I've, I've been this person in this life sometimes. Um, if you think there's no ego there, <laughs> then it's it's there really hidden and it's controlling things and, and we're projecting it onto other people and that's really dangerous, especially if um, you're a practitioner in any way and, and trying to help people, but there's this you know hidden part of yourself that wants its needs to get met and the ego you know likes to to look good, to feel important, all of these things, to be in control. So if we don't own that we have that and we're always going to have that part, then it will unconsciously control us. Yeah, like anything yet you repress, you know, is going to eventually find its way to come out. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, so so that's a way that we can notice it is because if we're pushing it down, so we're repressing it, we're pushing it down, then it actually becomes more powerful. And eventually something will trigger it. And oftentimes it's something small. It's that whatever straw that broke the camel's back. It's something small, and then we react out of proportion. That's a shadow aspect for sure. If, if you ever find yourself like, oh, wow, why did I, you know, you feel kind of embarrassed later. Like, oh, why did I react so, you know, strongly right. to that? That's a shadow aspect. Is it sometimes when you act out of character, is that also maybe something that's being repressed? Because mm-hmm. yeah. even like out of out of character again like well your character is all things Mm -hmm. so like just defining that you have a character is kind of if if we're like i am this then what whatever we're not defining as our character is our shadow (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely yeah um and and when we start to look at our shadow then we can have 
so much clarity. We can have a lot of, of wisdom because again, if there's parts of ourselves that we won't look at, then we can't see and know who we are clearly. And so people, um, so many people are looking for direction, but they're looking outwardly and you won't find it that way. You have to look inwardly and be willing to see everything in there to have a clear picture. If you don't, then you make choices that aren't authentic choices for you that can't bring you happiness and you keep making another choice and making another choice and and you won't know yourself well so you won't make good choices i was just thinking about things that happen like out of character and stuff like that like probably aspects of your shadow so when i'm just as as an example so sometimes when i'm running when obviously when i'm meditating like things come up and obviously i have revelations like oh okay yeah here's something i need to work on but what's odd is that at times when i'm running i'm on a run i'll be in a certain state of mind it's almost like a meditative state and i've caught myself several times doing this uh, recently actually where i'll have these really aggressive thoughts come up and I'll go down that st- whole storyline, right? Like, it'll be like some guy bumped me and I'm like, okay, I'm going to chase this guy down and we're going to fight or something. You know, how you just get into those, they're like really nonsensical uh, daydreams. And I'm like catching myself doing that. Like, where is this coming from? Like, what's happening here? Like, I'm wondering why, you know? And I just found that interesting that hey i'm going on a run and it doesn't have to be aggressive it could be like oh i accidentally ran out in front of this car and they hit me and then i go to the hospital and it's this whole line of 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 thought and i'm just wondering like maybe there's something i need to um look at you know maybe it is an aspect of my shadow that i'm either repressing or not aware of so I just, well, I just thought I'd throw that example out there because it hap- it's been happening recently. Yeah. My, one that happens for me that I've been working on for a while now is when I'm driving to work. I'm driving to work and how frustrated and annoyed I get with other drivers. And even though I don't act out on it and I'm in the car by myself, so no one else is there witnessing it, I'm noticing. I'm like, why, why am I letting that bother me so much? And, and I've, I've been exploring it. And what I found was like, oh, what it is, is that I feel these other drivers are, they do things that are so inconsiderate. Like it's so selfish, what they just did. Like they didn't even consider the other cars, the other drivers. And, and then I looked at that and I realized like, oh, it's because I'm so attached that I feel I'm always trying so hard to be considerate of others and to think of others. And so I have an attachment to that, right? And so that makes my shadow i am i also everybody we have a selfish side too i'm selfish and inconsiderate too and i have to own that and when i own that and i recognize yes everyone is selfish and inconsiderate sometimes i'm selfish and inconsiderate sometimes then that charge that strong reaction it starts to dissipate and then when somebody does something that's inconsiderate while I'm in the car, then I remind myself, yes, sometimes I'm inconsiderate too. And, and I relax around it. And so that's how you do the shadow work is you have to kind of see what's underneath that. Like if it's like, if, if the car pulls and you're like, you're so stupid, you know, stupid idiot, then you have to own like, oh, you know what? Sometimes I'm stupid too. 
you know, because so, it can be a different thing for each person, right? So for me, it's mm-hmm. it's um, inconsiderate. But somebody else, it might be stupid. No, I'm never stupid. I always make smart. No one's always smart. We've all sometimes been stupid about something, and and that's that's okay. So we want to own that. If we have a strong attachment to any quality, I'm smart. I'm considerate. I'm. I'm. What's what's yours with the runner? Uh, I, I'm. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like mm-hmm. I'm. I'm aware of others and where I'm, my body is, and I'm respectful. Respectful. Yeah. yeah. That's. I'm respectful. This person's not respectful. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's the charge. Yeah. So we want to find. You know. So usually, if if we look at it like that, we can find an instance um, where we've not. We can think in our mind of an instance where we've not been respectful. Maybe every time when you jog, you're always respectful, right? But in some other area in your life, at some point, you've, you know, dropped the ball and not been respectful. And so that's why it's important to understand, like, what's the essence underneath that? If you look at the specific behavior, yeah, maybe I've, I never, like, cut someone off in that way that this other car did. But um, I have been inconsiderate in different ways, you know, and so we want to look and see what's underneath that. What's the um, quality that we're not owning up to yeah and own it i like that that's that's it seems like a really like tangible exercise that you could do you know probably on a daily basis because i feel like this kind of work is a continual process right it's not just like i'm done yeah yeah because if you ever think you're done then you're gonna have a big shadow again because as long as we're here on the planet um we've got work to do we're here to learn and grow and um you know, unless you're like a, a enlightened being, a bodhisattva that just came only to help others. Um, and, you know, eventually we could all be that. But I have not met, you know, one of those yet. So <laughs> so we all actually come to do our own inner work first and foremost. And then, of course, we can help others, too. But, you know, that's that's a big illusion if anybody thinks that they're just here on the planet to help others. And I've definitely had clients that came in and told me that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure there's something that you you could still learn while you're here. For yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. Learn yeah. within yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like if you did meet one of those people and they did exist, you would be a little wary of them because... You know, it's like you were saying earlier with these spiritual people who are all about everything good. I mean, everything's only good, right? So you'd be like, hmm, maybe something's up there. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that I appreciate, too, about having done or doing my own shadow work is that, again, then you become very clear within yourself. And then you can sense and feel when people are not being authentic. Again, energy, I think we said this before, energy doesn't lie. I can sense it. I won't know why, but I'll feel something about someone and I, they don't feel genuine. I can feel that they're hiding things, that they're not being their true self. They can say all the nice words and look nice and and know all the concepts, but you can feel when people aren't being real. Even, you know, even you don't, necessarily you know you're not on a spiritual path or whatever a lot of people can just sense and feel and notice when someone's being really genuine and authentic yeah because you can recognize it because you've been there right like you you understand like what they're doing because you have done that at one point so it's easy for you to recognize that in someone else and i think that's part of the feeling that you're getting too and i've i've told this to my wife like sometimes i am 
in a place where I have a really good sense of what another person's going to be like as soon as I meet them. And I'm not always like that, but I do trust that because um, it's been right most of the time, you know? And I told my wife, like, yeah, I think it's right because what's in myself, I see that in others, you know? Because I do that a lot. I do, like you were saying, all those things. I do have this superficial, um, like, mask that I put on for people. And so it's easy for me to recognize that in others. And now that I'm becoming more aware of it, you know, I'm, I'm working on it. You know, it's not going to go away overnight. You know, this is part of my process. Yeah. So if you know yourself, you need to know yourself before you could know others. And so it's valuable that way. And I do want to make a clear distinction. Um, you know, what we're talking about with the love and lighters, um, you know, that it's called spiritual bypassing when people don't want to feel their deep feelings and instead they shift into like I said, I've been this person, especially when I was first on my spiritual path. And, and I, I meet people like this all the time, like, oh, such and such happened, but namaste, um, bless them, you know, that kind of thing where they're not like just a lot, holding space for their own emotions and letting it be okay. Yeah, such and such happened. And I'm, you know, pissed. <laughs> I'm super angry and annoyed. Um, yeah, that's normal. You should be angry and annoyed. That's okay. You can be angry. Just because you're on a spiritual path doesn't mean you don't get to feel angry. You don't get to be annoyed. You don't get to, you know, be sad. Um, and you can feel it with people who don't allow themselves to go there. Again, it feels really hollow or shallow or flat. People that don't feel real and authentic. There's nothing wrong with choosing to focus on love and light if you allow yourself to also feel your depths and darkness and fear and pain because we came into a physical body and a physical expression and that's part of the spectrum it's when you are so afraid of that you reject that that again what you resist persists um if you don't allow yourself to express it it's still there in your energy and you're going to attract it in your experience Outwardly, you're going to attract somebody who has that energy because everything works in balance here in, in nature. Everything is is balanced. So if you're really pulled to one side of the spectrum, then to create balance, energy, nature, the universe, whatever you want to call it, pulls in the other side to create balance. You you want to have preferences, but not attachments. If you're like attached to, I'm only good, I'm only nice, then you'll be really polarized on one side and you will attract in the other side. This is a, a gift of embracing the shadow and working with the shadow is that then you stop attracting these unwanted experiences because everything is energy when we are balanced and accepting and allowing a natural flow in our energy then we can attract likewise when we're pushing something down um, it becomes distorted and very powerful and we attract it into our life and i've had you know experiences like really strong ones about this that i shared in our um we have a monthly austin spiritual awakening meetup and we had the topic of the shadow and i i shared one of my really embarrassing or shameful <laughs> kind of um shadow aspects in the past that i had worked on and it sort of relates to 
you know, I'd mentioned before about being sexually assaulted. And I was, I was young, I was 19. And um, I didn't have all the tools that I have now to work with my emotions and to love and accept myself. And um, I really, when that happened, I wasn't, and we didn't have like the Me Too movement where people can talk about this now. I mean, for years, I never, ever, I mean, just for even for me to bring this up on this public broadcast where anyone could hear it, like I would never have imagined that, you know, years ago. I think anyone who's been through that experience knows there's just a lot of shame. Even though it's not your fault, you still have a lot of shame as if somehow it it is and, you know, it makes you dirty in some way. So anyway, I really at that time wasn't willing or able to look at it and I just pushed that all down. I pushed it all down, went about my life like, oh, it's fine. You know, I'm just going to focus. And this is one of the tactics that people do for their shadow self is you just distract yourself, right? You don't want to look at it. So you just, you know, work a lot, get really busy with work or, um, you know, this is when I was in college or party a lot, or uh, you you throw your energy and attention into something else. It's really um, an avoidance tactic, right? So that there's no room space to feel it, to look at it, which never works. You're always running. <laughs> you always have to keep your yourself busy um, or an addiction or, or whatnot. People have all these different ways. So my shadow was not wanting to feel weak, right? Powerless. There was a point when I was in college and, um, and I was dating this guy. And then um, at some point I wasn't interested in him anymore and broke up with him he just broke down crying in front of me and it's shameful to say this but but I remember this I was just so disgusted just this guy crying in front of me just made he he seemed so pathetic to me and I just uh at that point I just uh I really didn't want anything to do with him and um, and now I'm like so totally the opposite. But at that point, like, because I couldn't face my own sadness, I couldn't face my own vulnerability. And so to see that in 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 you know someone else just disgusted me because I was disgusted with that aspect of myself. And so also at that time, um, it happened all around that time too, two separate occasions where. So energetically, I guess, you know, I, I attracted like um, like a stalker, but it wasn't like a scary stalker. It was, um, they were like sad stalkers. <laughs> that would, They were like sad, crying stalkers. Like, why, you know, I'm so sorry. Why, why won't you uh, spend time with me and crying? And it was so weird. And they weren't even people that I, you know, one was a guy at work and one was a guy who was like an alumni or alumnus from um, this business organization that I was in in college. I didn't know him very well. And he asked me out just once and and I'd said like, oh, I, I think we should just be friends. And then, yeah. And then he started like showing up at my workplace, 
like drunk and crying and it was really it's really out of proportion and so this is i i think this is a great example of that is like when you push it really far down within yourself and all the energy that it takes like i said it gets distorted and it's a very powerful magnet that what you're repressing what you're resisting inside of yourself then is this huge magnet to attract something um, and it, it attracts something really big and distorted so that you have to see it because you're not willing to see it within yourself. And so this big, crazy thing comes into your life where you can't not see it, but it's easy to. And, and this is what I did, you know, at that point in my life, because I didn't have all the tools and awareness that, you know, that I've been working on through my life now. You're just like, oh, this weird, creepy stalker guy. You don't think it's like, oh, it's it's me reflected back in a big distorted way, you know, like a carnival mirror so that I, I can see it. Um, so that's why it happened again. <laughs> and then even when I moved to Boston, it happened one more time with one of my employees when I was working as a manager at this cafe. Um, it took me a long time before, you know, now I can look back and see what that was. And when, it was really when I, you know, I moved to Boston after I had started on this spiritual journey and so I was doing a lot of inner work and so when I lived in Boston that's when I started to do shadow work when I learned about it and so it took me some time before I was able to really um, see that I was not comfortable I wasn't loving and compassionate and accepting to my vulnerable weak sad needy, all of these things, self, we all have that. Um, and when we accept that, it stops having power over us. And that's the thing with our shadow. When we don't accept it, it controls us. We're being controlled by these aspects of ourself. And so we think, you know, I'm just going to run from it. You know, the classic nightmare or something's chasing after you what's chasing after you is your own shadow um and so um yeah i think you know so now having done inner work i can hold space for people who cry and i think it's beautiful when people cry and people feel comfortable crying around me and i feel comfortable crying and so i just bring that up to show that it doesn't mean you're always going to be that way if you if you can look at it and work with it and face it you can make a huge shift in the totally other it's very empowering and transformative to do so yeah and it's easier to be aware of it and actually see the symbols when they show up in your life so that you can see like oh this is being reflected back to me because the process happens much quicker where like you were saying like it kept happening again and again because you weren't facing it and oftentimes i think it's in retrospect that we look back and we say oh yeah i did work through that but it took a long time you know Whereas like now you're saying like if you're aware of it, it can happen much quicker and you can go through it with much less pain, I think. Yeah. So that's one of the, the ways to do shadow work is just to look at your life and see, you know, what kinds of people or what situations keep showing up over and over again and and then dig deeper to understand, you know, what is being reflected back to you and then um, how that's a piece of you how that's an aspect of you or a quality of you of you and looking to how you can feel compassion for it how you can love and accept it yeah so just i mean so yeah so working with your shadow um the easiest way is like what we just said is like you can look at what situation you know so like maybe there's always 
this certain kind of boss that you have no matter where you go and it looks like it's going to turn out well and then suddenly you have this same dynamic with your boss yeah that's an aspect of yourself that you're not facing or or you see this all the time with people with relationships you know they they break up with this person and then you're like they're pretty much dating the same you know it's a new it's a new person but it's like the same kind of person yeah right? it's like the same dynamic as they uh, had in their last relationship yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So actually, in relationships, what attracts us to someone is this polarity. There's a polarity, right? So, you know, um, doesn't matter if we're biologically a man or a woman, but um, one person tends to hold more of the yang masculine qualities, and the other person tends to hold more of the yin feminine qualities. And that's what creates the attraction is the polarity. So we do tend to be attracted to someone who has some differences, things that we haven't developed or expressed within ourselves, right? So just very stereotypically, classically, you know, the woman is more emotional and feeling and expressive in that way. And then the man might have the strong logic or physicality or something like this, right? And so they're attracted to these qualities that they haven't developed within themselves that's sort of a shadow aspect it's the qualities that you haven't owned or developed within yourself and so if we can understand that then it's really helpful because that things that attracts us initially these opposite polarities initially we see it all as really beautiful and then that honeymoon phase <laughs> comes um, where it's over and then a lot of times for people those are the things that create fights is those differences the things that first attracted to us now create the the Ten, fights the, uh -huh. yeah the tension between you know people in a relationship does often come from those uh those those opposite qualities yeah mm -hmm. whereas it's really this opportunity of like oh this other person is exhibiting or expressing qualities that i haven't developed within myself i could learn those those from them and they could learn these qualities from me and then we each are becoming more wholly manifested or more wholly expressed and and then we would be really two equals instead of like one person's pulled in one polarity on one side and one person's pulled in one polarity and on the other side and focusing on the differences um other jungian terms is um, the anima and the animus. Are you familiar with those? Yeah. Can you explain that, though? I mean, in, in my own <laughs> in my own way, you know, so uh, someone who aligns with being feminine would have an animus, which would be kind of the idealized masculine expression. That's what they're projecting onto their partner. They have this idealized idea of what the masculine that they're that's not owned within themselves, and they're looking for it. Um, so, so, that, so the animus is it's within themselves, but then they're like looking for it in their partner. And so, this is also what makes the honeymoon phase end is because then you meet somebody and you just project it onto them, and it might not be who they are at all, but you project it onto them. And then, as you get to know them, they don't actually fit all of those things, and then you're mad at them because they're not but we didn't actually see them when you first meet somebody you can't know them the more time that you spend with them you get to know them more and so it should be the opposite that your love is like deepening and growing as you get to know them um, and it can happen that way if we can 
become aware of our projections. And, you know, so often, you know, they they popularize this in for romance movies and so forth, like, you complete me, my other half. And so it makes it seem like, oh, if you're only half of a being, and then you need this other half. And so people, that's why, you know, people f- have this feeling that they have to have someone or else they can't be happy um, when we really have everything within ourselves, We want to see and feel and know ourselves as whole and own all of these qualities, even if we're not expressing them yet. We want to own them and manifest those. That if we feel like something's missing, find it within ourselves and develop it and manifest it. And then we can have a relationship not coming out of need or projection, but just to connection and a desire to share um, but most relationships are coming from from this from these projections onto each other yeah I think that's probably why the divorce rate is so high mm-hmm. is because there are unrealistic expectations there and like you're saying you know putting that on someone like not only is are you kind of devaluing yourself like when you're saying you need someone else to complete you you're you're also putting a lot on the other person too. There, that, that's a that's a lot to put on someone, right? Like that's a that's tough to live up to. You know? Yeah, and everybody's doing it, you know. And so, and then the other person feels that pressure to try to be who you know you want them to be, and then that's how you have that ego mask. And so then you can't really have true intimacy that way. If if you don't feel it's okay to be your genuine self, and they don't feel like it's okay to be their genuine self, then that those masks stand between you and then also you don't have the real peace and freedom just to relax and be who you are with this person or with anybody else yeah you know i was gonna say that i find that when i'm putting that pressure on myself to be who i think that my wife wants me to be that's when we tend to have most problems in our relationship is like i'm almost projecting thoughts into her mind like she's thinking certain things about me that aren't even happening right like so for instance I'm thinking like oh she thinks that we need to um, I, I need to make all this money so so we can you know have nice things but she doesn't even think that I'm putting that in her head you know myself and um, yeah and we do have problems when the expectations aren't realistic and we're not communicating and being our authentic selves and, and uh, ex, you know, thinking that someone is expecting something that they're not expecting at all. And yeah, that causes a lot of problems. And um, I've only recently become aware of that. So. <laughs> that's yeah. a start. So that's the thing with the shadow is um, just becoming aware of it is huge. Because again, um, you know, that's bringing light to it. So becoming aware of it is bringing light to it. And then it can't control you. Then when, when it pops up and you notice it, that diminishes it a lot um so that in itself is a huge step it's just to start to be willing to look and to see and again like it's so important to learn how to have compassion so that you can look and see and then when you have that for yourself and for those aspects then you'll have that for your partner right then you can be, let it be okay when she's not perfect and so forth. And so, but first you have to learn how to do that for yourself or else you won't be able to hold that for her. Yeah, that's true. It goes both ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it starts from, it starts from within, from within ourself. And so shadow work, 
You can start by looking at what sets you off, what triggers you, you know, like I said, whether it's the drivers on the road or the other joggers or a certain kind of person at work or, um, or even just on the, the greater world stage, you can kind of look at like, you know, who are the famous people that you can't stand <laughs> and then you know because it'll be the, those kinds of people it'll be like an amplified version of something that you have so you're like oh well I'd never be you know like that guy he's a complete liar uh, but there are little ways that you're not always honest and you know in your life even just from withholding information or, you know, something like this. So, so that's the thing, again, we have to think of this like spectrum because otherwise like it's true. I don't, I don't think I'll ever be a murderer in this lifetime. I mean, I don't even kill insects. I pick them up. Um, but actually, I mean, if somebody were trying to, to murder me in self-defense, I would probably, I would have to murder them. Um, or like I said, even if you just think of it as a spectrum, like I'm not, trying to murder someone but maybe when i'm driving in my car and somebody goes those those like angry thoughts that falls on that spectrum so um we have to kind of think of the spectrum again and like own whether you think of it the spectrum and like oh okay in some way i have a little bit of that or if i were born in that person's circumstances could i become that person either way um helps you to start to to own that you know maybe you don't act on it but you have that inside of you you know and that so there were some famous studies that showed that where they took people out of um i don't know if you read the one that i sent you last night um yeah i did yeah or even if you just think of um the lord of the flies yeah we have this nice civilized society with these rules but what if you you know got stranded on an island where there were no rules like who would you become then you know or what if you joined this research study and um they gave you different rules and they said oh no this is all just part of the study and so everybody says oh i would never do that i would never do that but then they do these studies and people are told oh it's okay to inflict pain on this you push this button and it's going to inflict pain oh but it's okay it's okay and and everybody did it mm-hmm. you know and so and we always think like oh that would not be me or if if i were in germany in world war ii i never would have done that it's easy to say where we're sitting now but you really don't know yeah that was the whole premise behind the study was that this person wanted to understand how the atrocities that happened in uh, world war ii could happen like just period like how people could be that cruel and then so he set up that study where you know he would ask question to one of the participants and they were an actor and they would always answer the question wrong and if they answered the question wrong then another person who was actually the person being studied would press a button and shock that person and of course the actor would play it up and be like you know acting like they were in a lot of pain but since they were being asked to by somebody who was in a position of authority or perceived a position of authority, they went ahead and did it. And um, the whole thing with that article was that, yeah, there is this side to all of us and because almost every single person did it. You know, mm-hmm. there wasn't an exception, really. And um, yeah, there is an aspect in all of us that can be cruel and 
many of those people didn't want to admit that about themselves at all. Um, but yeah, that's, that's true. So when you're trying to figure out what are these aspects of myself that I, you know, need to uncover here and do some work on, would one of the ways of doing that be looking at your, I guess you were, you were saying this earlier, maybe your shortcomings, your perceived shortcomings. So I saw in an article about shadow work where they said that uh, your limiting beliefs could be a way of uncovering your shadow. And I thought about that and I was like, you know, that's true. It's kind of a hard one though, because, you know, recognizing your limiting beliefs is... <laughs> that's what I was thinking, pretty... because in somebody's belief, then they think it's a truth. So sometimes like looking at it, that can be a hard way. Like it's easier like to start off with like, oh, what bothers me outwardly and other people yeah. and then owning it uh-huh. versus, you know, if somebody with more self-awareness, they could look within and say like, oh, you know, what are my limiting beliefs? But I think... Maybe somebody who's first starting out, it's easier just to look outward and see what affects you outwardly. Yeah, definitely. I'll give De- you an- definitely easier, yeah. Yeah, I'll give you another example because I've had a client like say this to me too, you know, where they said, but I don't get it, you know, so many people are, are unkind or not loving to me, but, but I'm always loving to everyone. And so I'm not that. Why, why do I keep attracting all these people who are not loving when I'm loving to everyone? And I said, well, if you're allowing people to be not loving to you, then you're not being loving to yourself. So you're not being loving. And so that can help too when you understand it like that. It's like, oh, well, I, yes, to everyone else you might be one way, but who are you being to yourself? And so um, if you're attracting, you know, a lot of certain kind of people that are being negative towards you, that's how you could maybe see it within yourself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Because obviously, yeah, if you're uh, putting yourself last in every situation, you know, that's, that's not being loving to yourself. You know, and and it doesn't mean that that's how it's always happening. I'm just saying like, if you're one of these kind of people who is so giving and so loving that you always put yourself last, even if it is hurting you, you know, maybe you're feeding everybody and you're not eating, you know, that's not good too. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that extreme though. I'm so, so just recognizing again, like if something's showing up a lot in your life, like I said, if people... It, it seems like, oh, other people are all like this, but I'm not like this. You know, maybe it's you're like that to yourself. Mm-hmm. So you're not expressing it outwardly, but that's what's happening inwardly to understand like anything that's always showing up a lot in your life. Um, there's an energy there wouldn't it wouldn't be there if there wasn't a resonance with that. Yeah. So. So, yeah. So, I mean, so you can see how the shadow like is such a powerful thing that is affecting us everywhere in our own individual personal lives. Um, And then also there's the collective shadow too, right? I mean, um, there's a shadow. I mean, we see it, I I see it a lot right now in our country, the collective shadow of our our country um, and how that's coming up as a big theme, you know, with these themes of, um, you know, like like the Me Too movement, this of of sexual misconduct or... um, uh, sexism and um, and racism and really huge things like this have been coming up in the last number of years 
um, because they've really always been there. It's not like suddenly just our country, you know, like suddenly we're all bad people. No, it's been there all, all the time. And so this idea of like, oh, well, let's go back to a time when these things didn't exist. No, those things existed. They were just pushed really far down. And so everyone used to play pretend, you know, if you think back in whatever, the 40s and 50s or something, everyone, June Cleaver and <laughs> Leave it to Beaver and so forth, you know, like everybody's like, oh, why can't it be like that? Well, because that's fake. <laughs> that's, you know, everybody pretended like that, but inside they were really unhappy or I'm not saying everybody, but I'm saying like, mm-hmm. you know, when people act like everything's okay, it's just because they're not talking about it and it's, it's it's happening inside. There was depression and so forth back then, but people weren't acting it out the same way that they are now or talking about it the same way that they are now. And there was sexual harassment back then. It's just that everybody wasn't talking about it and all of these things. And there was definitely racism back then. It just wasn't on the national stage. And so it's nice that we live in a time when these things are finally being addressed it does make it seem like things are getting worse but so it's going to seem like that too if you start to look for your shadow it's going to seem you're going to suddenly be like oh my god i'm a horrible person no all of that stuff's always been there just now you're willing to look at it and that needs to happen in order for you to heal and move to a better place it's kind of like doing a fast or a detox. All of these toxins are in your body, the sludge that you're carrying around. And when you start, like if I do a juice fast, then all of the toxins start to come up and my skin breaks out and I feel tired or I get a headache and I feel sluggish. And you could say, oh, this fast is, you know, not good for me. It's making me feel not good. No, it's just bringing up to clear out all the stuff that's been there. And if I keep going, then that stuff starts to clear and I start to feel more energetic and my skin gets bright and and I feel radiant and look better. That needs to happen. So if I just let all of that stuff kind of be down there, you know, all these toxins are stored in my organs. um, It's affecting me, even though I can pretend like it's not there, it's there. And so that's kind of happening right now collectively. And um, hopefully also on a personal level, we can start to do that too, because the the inner and the outer reflect each other. You know, the macrocosm and the microcosm, I always like to say that, um, reflect each other. So sometimes we can feel powerless that we can't do something about what's happening on the bigger world stage, but we can. We can do our own inner work so that we stop projecting it onto other people, so that we stop this us versus them kind of thing. And so we can just each individually do this work and that's very powerful yeah i think i see more and more people becoming aware of of themselves and obviously it's happening you know on a global scale too you know like you said a lot of stuff is coming up and it has been very it's been very volatile you know last couple of years just all the the stuff that everyone is so sensitive about and it's we're sensitive because it's now it's surfacing and yep everyone's doing it too i mean i can honestly i can see people in my life like working on their stuff that i never would have imagined would even be open to that and it's it's odd you know but it's it is happening i think if you take a look around you'd notice 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I always, you know, I keep thinking about like, oh, I sort of live in a bubble. You know, we all live in a bubble because we're energetic beings. And so we're attracting similar. So yes, in my world, everyone seems to be working on themselves. But I have to also remind myself that like, yes, because that's, you know, the kind of work that I do and the kind of places that I go are uh, those kinds of that kind of a person who is doing the inner work. But I still do think, you know, that it is happening in a bigger way. And again, like if we can face all the aspects of ourself with love and compassion and hold space for those parts of ourself, then we bring that in every interaction with others. And even if people don't understand it intellectually or or have any awareness of these concepts we respond energetically to people people you can feel people where it feels comfortable to let your guard down and you can feel people who are you know defensive and holding stuff that it, it doesn't feel comfortable and so just by being comfortable in your own skin um you make a space for other people to be comfortable in their own skin which is really beautiful Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to give a special thank you to Casey Henson for creating the music for this podcast, and to Tiana Roser for all the hard work she does to keep this podcast going. To play us out today, I'll be playing a song from Ben Carroll's upcoming album, Becoming Light. The song is called Remembering Many Lifetimes. If you'd like to learn more about Ben and his music, please visit his website at innerselfsustained.com. For more information about this podcast, as well as past episodes and more, please visit our website at beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. And be sure to follow us on social media as well. Take care.